If you have a Bible, we're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 28 in just a few moments. Book of Matthew chapter 28. Have you ever met anybody that changed your life? Like the fact that you came into contact with this person, that your whole life, the trajectory of your future changed because you met that person. A lot of us could testify that's our spouse. I remember there was a, a, a hot summer day at Grand Lake Baptist Assembly, which is our church camp we go to. I saw this lady sitting in the front row doing a performance. She was, a, 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 she was pretending to be a puppet mannequin. So there was another girl holding her. She was a mannequin. I thought, got to talk to that lady. So I went up to her afterwards uh, and uh, I talked to her. Um, right there as we were standing in line to go eat. And from that moment, my life changed when I met that woman. Um, it's my wife, Whitney. And our whole life has been intertwined ever since that day. Just since that one moment, that one decision for me to say, I want to talk to her. I want to meet her. My life changed. We can all probably testify to some point in our life, whether that's a spouse, a relative, a friend, a coworker, somebody in your life. You met them and they changed the direction of your life. Well, today we're going to talk about how the meeting the risen Jesus will change your life. Meeting the risen Jesus will change your life. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 28 verses 1 through 10 to you. <clears throat> and as we look at that, we're going to see two ladies that met Jesus. They were actually the first people to meet the risen Jesus. We're going to see how their life was changed, their response to meeting the risen Jesus, and how we should have that same response. Let's read Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. It says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold... There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as, as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know, why you, I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. So we start off this morning with the event of the resurrection. If you're a note taker, this is not, this is not point one. This is the, the pre-point to point one. We see the event of the resurrection. We have to think of that day that these ladies were that were visiting the tomb. It was the dawn of the first day of the week. The day was Sunday. It was the first day of the week after a long and crazy week. We've all had those crazy weeks where we're like, well, I'm glad it's a new week. These ladies felt that. Last Sunday, Jesus was surrounded by cheers from the crowd. Last Thursday, 
Jesus was surrounded by laughter of his friends at a last supper in the upper room. Then he was surrounded by clanging armor of guards that were going to arrest him in the garden. Last Friday, Jesus was surrounded by mocking and insults and a crowd yelling, crucify him. Later that evening, he was surrounded by soldiers crucifying him. And, but this Sunday, when these ladies are walking up, this Sunday, he was surrounded by silence in the grave. So we have the day. We also have the ladies. These ladies were Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. It's a beautiful um, name, isn't it? The other Mary. But these two Marys, they come to, to visit Jesus. They had probably witnessed most of the events that happened that last week. They were probably there for Jesus turning over the money table. They might have even been in the upper room from on the outside looking in with the disciples. They were definitely there by name at the crucifixion. And their hearts were probably still broken from what they had seen. They saw the man they had followed probably for years hung on a tree to die. And the wounds of their heart were probably still fresh, just as fresh as the grave they were about to visit. Had Jesus been in another place and another time, there wouldn't have been a stone over his grave. It probably would have been a pile of dirt with no grass growing on it yet. That's how fresh the grave was. And their hearts were still aching as they approached the tomb, but they did not find what they expected on the way. So we have the day, the ladies, and the angel in the earthquake. The ground shook as these ladies approached because an angel of the Lord came down and rolled the stone away, and the guards were frozen in place. And the angel didn't yell at these ladies, but spoke to them, saying, Don't be afraid. To which the ladies probably replied sarcastically, Yeah, okay. But he says to them, don't be afraid. An angel is a messenger, right? And what a message did this have, did this messenger have? This angel said, I know why you've come here. You're coming looking for Jesus who died. He's not here anymore. He rose from the dead. Look, here's the empty tomb. Go tell his fellas and because he's headed your way soon. That's a pretty intense message for these ladies to take in as they approach this, this gravesite. And these ladies attempt to obey these angels. <clears throat> or this angel. And as they leave the graveside and they're rushing back to go tell the guys, the disciples, what they had seen and heard, they meet an old friend. We have the meeting. And behold, Jesus met them. And behold, Jesus met them. This was the first encounter of any human being had ever had with the risen Jesus. There had been the pre-crucified Jesus, the crucified Jesus, the buried Jesus, but this was humanity's first experience with the risen Jesus. The first time we had come in contact with the risen Savior. And this meeting is astounding on a lot of levels, but here in this first meeting, we see, here in this first meeting, we see the right reaction to the risen Savior. The right reaction to the risen Savior. How do we react when we come encounter with the risen Savior? Well, we follow, I think, the, the leadership of these ladies and how they reacted. The reaction of these ladies to the, to the risen Savior is how we should react. Their wounded hearts in that moment were healed and compelled to worship. Their fears and doubts that crippled them melted away. And they couldn't help but tell other people about what they had just heard. These ladies were changed by meeting the risen Savior. Just as we should be changed by the risen Savior. 
Tim Keller says something like this about the resurrection. If Jesus died and rose again, everything that he says matters and it changes your life. If Jesus hasn't risen from the grave, then none of it matters. Let me tell you this morning, it matters because he did raise from the grave. And even this morning, 2,000 years later, it matters to you right now sitting in these pews in Commerce America. How should it change you? Let's talk about what your reaction should be to the resurrection. First, the resurrection should compel you to worship. The resurrection should compel you to worship. When these ladies see the risen Jesus, they fall to the ground. They grab his feet and they worship him. This was not their plan that morning. If you think back, they weren't planning to go to worship. They probably attended many funerals in their life. Uh, just as we've attended many funerals. And when you go back to a grave, you don't find it empty. You just don't. That's not how life works. But on that day, it was different. They went to pay respect to a good man, but they ended up worshiping the God man that morning. They went to pay respects to a good man, but they ended up worshiping the God man. They realized in that moment, everything that Jesus had said about himself, all the things that the scripture had said about him were true. This was God in the form of man. Nobody can come back from the dead unless he were more than a man. They were humbled. They bowed down to his feet. It was their first reaction, their knee-jerk reaction. Just like when you're watching your favorite sports team and something happens uh, that's good, you were sitting in your seat and all of a sudden you're standing in your chair and you don't even know why, right? You just, that's your reaction to what is good. These ladies, when they saw the risen Jesus, their reaction wasn't to, to stand, to, to admire somebody honorable, but to bow down and worship someone divine. And they grabbed his feet. They grabbed his feet, his pierced feet. In order for Jesus to rise again, he had to die. In order for Jesus to give life, he had to endure death. And imagine the, conver sorry, imagine the convergence of grief and gratitude in these ladies in this moment. Isn't that what we feel when we think of the, the death of Jesus? Grief and gratitude all wrapped up into one. You feel the weight of your sins. These ladies felt the weight of their sins as they grabbed the feet that still had nail holes in them. And they felt grief because the weight of their sin would press them down. When you think about the cross, you feel the weight of your sin press you down, knowing that the holes in his feet were meant for you. But you also feel the weight of your sin lifted up off of you, knowing that the debt has been paid and there is no more condemnation. When we think of the cross of Christ, he died for our sins. We should have died that death, yet he has paid that death. It's grief and gratitude all wrapped up into one when we think about what Jesus did for us. And these ladies took hold of Jesus' feet, and when they did, they didn't feel cold, lifeless appendages. They felt warm, moving feet of a living, breathing person. Jesus had really died, and he had really come back to life. And their response was to worship him. This is the response the disciples have later. This is the response that the ladies have in these verses it's not a normal term that we use for other people, right? We don't worship people, or at least we shouldn't worship. None of us would truly say we worship another human, but these ladies worshiped Jesus. Again, they're not admiring a good person. They're worshiping a divine person. If Jesus walked into this room, we would bow down before him. and We would have the same reaction. And these ladies started worshiping Jesus on the first day of the week. 
Jesus had died on a Friday, rose on a Sunday, and they started worshiping him the first day of the week. And Christians have continued to do that even to this very day and this very moment as I'm speaking, right? We're gathering on the first day to praise the risen Savior. That's why we meet on Sundays. Did you know that? The, the Jewish people from whom we kind of branch off our religion, the Jewish people would meet on a Saturday, a Sabbath day. That's the Sabbath. But the Christians, when Jesus rose on the first day of the week, they said, we're no longer going to worship on the last day of the week. We're going to worship on the first day of the week. So really, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Every time we gather here in the morning, folks, remember, we're worshiping the risen Savior. Just because we don't call it Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday doesn't mean we're not celebrating the fact that we have a risen Savior who lives and breathes and is right now interceding for us. Every day is Resurrection Sunday. So if you find it hard to worship, if sometimes you feel like it's hard to get the fire of worship going in your heart, you don't need any more than the gas of the resurrection to light that fire in your heart. It's like starter fluid thrown on the fire and it makes our hearts burn brighter. When we think Jesus died for us and not only did he die, he rose from the dead. We don't need a, a, some kind of beautiful song, although songs are great. We don't need a song to worship. All we need is a thought. The thought that Jesus has risen from the grave and stands before the Father, seated next to the Father on our behalf. That's enough to compel us to worship. When you meet the resurrected Jesus, when he meets you, that should compel you to worship. But second, the resurrection should dispel your fears. It, fears. it compels your worship and dispels your fears. The angel and Jesus both said to these ladies, do not fear. In the midst of this terrifying moment of their life, Jesus comes to them knowing their hearts and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We have a Savior who knows our hearts. Sometimes it's hard to say what you feel, right? Sometimes it's hard to say what you feel. Any, any parents out there love the show Bluey? Anybody watch Bluey? Yes, yes. I'm if you don't, hey, you need to go watch Bluey, all you parents out there. Well, in this show, uh, this little kid, um, she, her parents ask her to do all these things, and her, her brother and sister ask her to do these things, and, and she responds by saying yes, but what she really meant was no. She didn't want to play that certain game. She didn't want to give away her toy. Um, she, she didn't want to do those things that were asking her. And at the, at the end of the episode, you realize the point of it was sometimes it's hard to say what you feel inside. Sometimes you say something on the outside, but you don't really mean it on the inside. We can find ourselves conflicted like that, right? I'm feeling this way inside. I have these fears, these anxieties, but I'm never, ever going to express them on the outside. I'm not going to say them. I'm not going to show my weakness. You don't have to worry about Jesus knowing your, knowing your weakness or not. He knows the things that go on in your heart. He knows the fears you have, the anxieties, the depressions you have, and he meets you where you are and says to you the very thing you need to hear. For these ladies, they're probably terrified, and he said, do not fear. But he meets us where we are. The truth of the resurrection should drive away the fear that we have in our hearts. Whatever fears we have, whatever worries, whatever anxieties we, we experience, he can overcome those. <clears throat> he can drive away fear because you know <clears throat> or you know that he can drive away fear because you know that Jesus was able to conquer sin and defeat death all in the same weekend. He can handle anything that comes up in your life. He can handle anything that comes up in your life. Are you afraid of something? 
I don't mean like you're, you're like you know, jumpy or something. I'm saying, are you terrified of something? Is there something in your life that keeps you from being able to live a full life? Are you afraid of what other people are going to think of you <clears throat> if you don't live up to their standard? Know that God has a different standard than them. Are you afraid of sickness? Is your body failing? Is it not treating you the way it used to? Well, no. That this body is only a temporary body anyways. And we have a resurrection body awaiting us. Are you afraid of the future? What tomorrow might hold? The decisions you have to make? And you're afraid you're going to make the wrong decision? No. That the fact that Jesus has died and risen from the dead. He indwells us with his Holy Spirit. That we might have wisdom. Are you afraid of the darkness? And I don't mean are you afraid of the lights going out in the room. I'm talking about the the lights going out in your soul, just feeling the darkness of of life, the sadness that you feel from the weight of every day, day in, day out. Are you afraid of that sadness, that darkness? Well, know that that Easter morning, that first Easter morning, as the sun rose uh, that day and Jesus conquered death, he can do the same thing in your life. He conquers the darkness in your life. Are you afraid of your past? The things you've done, the thoughts you've had, the feelings you've felt, the things you've said. You feel those things in the past are going to creep up and grab you? Know that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for every sin that you had committed. And you don't have to fear. The resurrection dispels every fear that you have in your life. And you don't have to walk through life afraid of anything. Because the resurrection is true. Not only does the resurrection propel our worship... or uh, um, compel our worship it dispels our fears and finally the resurrection should propel our witness our witness the thing that both jesus and the angel said to these ladies was this go and tell go and tell say what you have just seen go and tell these ladies could not sit on this information any longer they couldn't sit there and not say anything they had to go back and tell their brothers what had happened Think of the ones who were given this message for a moment. These ladies, God could have, Jesus could have shown up anywhere in the world at that moment and revealed himself to anybody. He could have gone to the king of Jerusalem. He could have gone to the king of Rome. He could have gone to any king of any great person. But who does he reveal himself to first and choose first to be his first heralds? Two ladies, some lady named Mary and another Mary named Magdalene, right? In the world's eyes, insignificant. Maybe in the world's eyes, less than insignificant. Remember who Mary Magdalene was. She was the one that was demon-possessed at one point. But God chose to reveal himself. Jesus chose to reveal his risen self to these two ladies. And one lady who had been demon-possessed and and was an enemy of God. And think about who he reveals himself to next. The disciples, a group of misfits. The resurrection... Of Christ gives you the power and the qualifications to be a messenger of him. The fact that he's risen from the dead gives you the qualifications you need to be a messenger of his. You don't need fancy degrees. You don't need a a, a certain status in life. You've been put in your place. And there are people that he tells you to go and tell about his resurrection. And the message of that resurrection has gone from these ladies to this group of guys and from that group of guys to a small church in Judea. And that spread all over the world in every direction and ended up here to us now. That message has never stopped. 
Even though countless people have lost their lives for sharing that message, it has never stopped and continues on to this very day. And it should be something that we're excited about, right? The resurrection should be something that we are excited about and compelled to tell others about. There have been something in your life that you're so excited about and you just, you're just sharing it with everybody. It didn't even have to be something exciting, right? Sometimes we can get excited about the simplest little silly things. I'll tell you something I got excited about was Clear Americans. Anybody ever had a Clear American? Okay, it's a drink. It's, it's, a, it's a carbonated water. It doesn't have any sodium, any calories, any sugar. There's no way it's actually that healthy for you because I don't know what's in it. But it's an amazing drink, right? And you know what I started doing? I love those things. Every time somebody would come over, I would say, hey, I got something for you. Let, let, me, get, let me get you a drink. So I get them out this Clear American. I don't know how many people I've got hooked on Clear American. So many of my friends have been like, dude, I had that at your house and I went straight to Walmart. Like they left my house, went to Walmart just to buy that drink. Clear American should pay me for how many people drink their drink. I became an ambassador for them. But you know what? As I think about that insignificant, silly little drink that I share with so many people, I think there's times I'm more zealous to share that beverage with people than I am to share the resurrection with people. Do you find yourself there too? Do you find yourself getting excited about so many things in life and sharing so many things with people in your life that you forget to share the most important thing with people in your life? It's the resurrection. Shouldn't we be excited about that? There are people in your life that need to hear about the life-changing power that is Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. There's people in your life that are addicted to things and they need the power that can only come from the resurrection. That power to overcome the grave, to overcome the death in their life. There's people in your life who are struggling in their marriages and their relationships and they need that resurrection power in their life. There's people who have done things in their past that they cannot get over and it cripples them when they think about it and they need the life-giving forgiveness that comes from Jesus' death and resurrection. You are in their life and just as the angel said, go and tell the disciples, Jesus says to us who are believers, go and tell the people who are around you. Who's in your workplace? Who do you go to school with? Who are you related to? Who are you going to have lunch with this afternoon or, or going to have Thanksgiving dinner with next year? Who are the people God has put into your life that you're going to rub elbows with? That's probably the people Jesus wants you to tell about the resurrection. I think similar to maybe maybe you're similar to this. I think my, the, the reason I'm so not zealous to share about the resurrection is I don't think about the resurrection my failure to proclaim the resurrection probably comes from my failure to ponder the resurrection. It's just not something I think about as much as I should. Maybe that's you. Maybe you don't think about it as much as you should. But the world around us is in desperate need of hearing that message of that resurrection power. So when we think about this, this passage, these ladies, that phrase, that, that short little phrase that it says there at the end of that passage, and behold, Jesus met them. Behold, Jesus met them. That short little meeting changed the course of history through those two ladies that visit the tomb. Their life was never the same after they met the risen Savior. Your life 
should never be the same if you've met the risen Savior. If you've met the risen Savior, you can go through life being compelled to worship just from that single thought that Christ has died for me and rose again for me. You can be compelled to worship and you have no need to fear anything. Nothing that comes your way can't be handled by God. Everything that comes your way, even in the darkest spots, he can bring life to that darkness. And then finally, if you've met this Jesus, you've got to tell somebody about it. You've got to tell somebody about this resurrection life that he provides. So these ladies, behold, Jesus met them. And I ask you this morning, has Jesus met you? Have you met this risen Jesus? If you haven't, I would love to talk to you more about that. If you have questions about the resurrection, about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, I'm going to be standing at the back. You can talk to me. You can find me in lots of different ways after the service. Feel free to come talk to me. In these next moments, we're going to sing a song that's just going to help us to ponder Jesus' death and resurrection. In that moment, you can pray to yourself in your seats. If you want to give a posture of surrender to the Lord, you can cut You can come up here to the front and bow to these altars and and pray to God that way if you'd like to. Um, If you just want to sit in your seat and pray, whatever you'd like to do, however you'd like to respond. But take these moments to pray and reflect. Jesus is risen. And what does that mean for me? Let's pray.